and 68% of the 90% were abused by their own family members. Now listen, I'm telling you right now, I've talked, I've counseled with many of them. Individuals that have experienced abuse, I suck, listen, the more pain you've been through, the more you're capable of doing some stuff. Like this kid, chickens have come home to roost, in a Seventh-day Adventist school in Memphis, Tennessee, in our school, no quick, clean kill, takes a knife out and kills the principal, allegedly. There was pain there. Are y'all hearing me today? Uh, of all the types of abuse that children experience, now watch this. You got, you got psychological maltreatment, you got physical abuse, you got uh, uh, medical neglect. It's just, it's, it's amazing. Uh, just stuff, other, whatever, whatever that is. 60% of it on the pie chart is neglect. Now, drive up and down these streets any given day, and you'll see, every day, I'm seeing like six-year-old kids just out. Walking the streets, walking the streets. <laughs> like, I'm tripping when my kids are outside and I'm inside. I'm, every five minutes, I'm looking out the window, seeing what's going down. And I live in a neighborhood where the folk that are there don't even want to talk to us. So I really don't got nothing to be worried about. Well, maybe, maybe I do. I don't know. I'm just scared. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we're just kids, they just roam in the streets. They don't got no shirt on, you know. I mean, seven years old, this kid was running down the street. He had no shirt on, he's just chilling, you know. I'm like, it's like 10 o'clock. I know it's the summer, but my kids still got curse you. The family is the classroom for our relationships. Spirit of Prophecy tells us, and, psych and psychology agrees, that between the ages of zero and seven, our character is set in place. In other words, you are who you are based on what happened to you between the ages of zero and seven. During an age when you didn't have any control over your life. 90% uh, uh, of our behavior is, is unconsciously caught. And this is why I tell people all the time that modeling, modeling is so much more valuable than sitting people down and teaching them a lesson. That's what this is saying. It's basically saying, look, if you want people to learn stuff, don't just sit down and say, dude, this is right, this is wrong, Johnny, go here, go there, thou shalt not lie, that, yeah, 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 that's what you're saying to them. My kids, they follow modeling. We do what we do based on what we've seen. Many of you discipline children because the way that you were disciplined. If y'all want to see my father, come to my house when I get angry. You probably see my father right now as I'm preaching. We emulate what we've seen. And, and if all we've seen is dysfunction, Ellen White says, she says, the first, our first work, what work, everybody? What does she say, everybody? What work? Our first work is to be united in the family. Adventist Home, page 37. Adventist Home, page 32. She says, a well-ordered, well-disciplined family tells more than sermons. 
So we got to strengthen family. If we got strength, we got strong families, that's going to do more than a preacher who can preach. That's going to do more than your little track that you're trying to pass out. We got to meet people, and I'm, I'm burdened about this. We got to meet people where they are at a human level. Andrews University study says 50%. How many did I say, everybody? 50% of our youth will drop out or become inactive. There's some young people in this church right now. They will tell you. I walk up to them and I say, look, the way you're living, I'm telling you right now. I'm not being judgmental. I'm just, this is wisdom and experience. I can tell by the way you're in this church right now that you will not be here in five years. Do you know what I'm saying to you? You can tell. Oh, Pastor, you can't say that. Don't ever count nobody out. I'm not counting them out. I'm telling you the reality of it. Unless you change, unless there's a shift in your life, if you keep walking this road, in five years, you'll be gone. Jacob is one of the most, is one of the top three most significant people in the Bible. When they prayed, they said to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and salvation history. Lord have mercy. I'm feeling my help now. Salvation history. God planned it. That salvation, that the Savior would come through that, through that list of misfits. Abraham, a liar. Isaac, a liar. And Jacob, a liar. God says, listen, he says, the way that I'm going to set up salvation, I'm going to do such an awesome thing in the earth. It's going to so confound the enemy that I'm actually going to take the blessed son of God and I'm going to pull him through a family full of misfits, full of liars, full of adulterers, full of cheaters. Uh, the, the point to us is, is it doesn't matter what family struggle. Doesn't matter what you, what DNA, what your genetic, who your daddy is. He can be out on crack. But I got a word for you today. If Jesus can make it through his family, then I'm telling then you can make it. Don't you make excuses about who, what your daddy did and if he was not around and, and, and what didn't happen with your mother. And what I, I've got a word for you today. God says that there is no weapon that can be formed. All things work together. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anybody here today that's got family pain and problems? But somehow or another, you've rose and you've risen above the, the circumstances and, and you've come out of the difficulty and, and the pain and, and the agony and the abuse. Did not keep God said, if God before you. Jacob was wealthy, powerful, respected. He knew God, had wrestled with him, but yet he was capable of lying. He was capable of deceit and selfishness. What am I saying? Don't matter what your, doesn't, it does not matter what your position is in the plan of God. You got mess in your life. All of us. Are you better than Jacob? 
God didn't even ask you to bring Jesus through your blood. You got in here because they rejected him. You were grafted in, the Bible says. This man, God, in his mind said, Who, how am I going to make my plan of salvation go through the earth? Who should I choose? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Hallelujah! <laughs> Woo! That does me good because that tells me that in spite of who Myron is, in spite of what my baggage is, in spite of what my stuff is, in spite of the, the junk that I bring to the table, God says, I can do all things through Christ, which gives me strength in my weakness, he's made strong. The weaker I am, the stronger he is. The more broke I am, the more wealthy he is. The more down I am, the more up he is. God said, I can't even work with you unless you got junk. And some of us try so hard not to be who they were to us. And you end up doing the same thing anyway. Now come on in here. Am I talking to anybody in here? I will not. Some of you vow because your parents got divorced. I will never get divorced. I've been through it. I've exceeded. And that's why I tell people all the time. Experience is not a deterrent for malpractice and bad behavior. Just because folk go through stuff doesn't mean they ain't going to do it again. Let me give you an illustration. The difference between, and there's a book called Why God Won't Go Away. And, and basically they do a scientific study on animals and human beings to understand how they reason towards the spiritual. Amazing. One of the, things, one of the discoveries they made is that animals, in, in their brain, their limbic system is much different from ours. In other words, they're, they're, the point of their brain where they are able to understand abstract things is not present. Animals don't philosophize. Animals don't reason. Everything they do is based on fight or what? Flight, for example. And like we know that there are certain neighborhoods that we probably shouldn't go to because they're bad neighborhoods. See, that's, that's the abstract reality. So I'm, I'm going to avoid this. Or I will not touch the stove because I know that it can be hot, even though it may not be hot. So human beings are able to rationalize like that. I'm just trying to make the point to you today that we can still, that sometimes we act dumber than animals. So watch this now. An animal, though, everything's based on a fight or flight. That's why sometimes you can watch those, uh, you ever watch those, uh, what are those, like National Geographic, stuff like that? And you're like, you're looking at this, uh, like this gazelle, and you're like, dude, what are you doing? No way, why are you going over there? You know that's where lions be hiding now. You, 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 you pulling your hair off. No, don't do it. No, don't do it. Don't go over there. Don't go over there. And then out of nowhere, a lion comes out. And the lion bites and then kills him. And you're saying, what a dummy. He just saw that. That's because animals are not able to reason where danger is unless they see it. In other words, danger has to be, has to, it, has, it has to come in through their senses. They have to smell it or they have to see it. Human beings, we can reason. I ain't going to the Serengeti tomorrow at noon. <laughs> I ain't going to the Sahara because there might be a cobra snake out there somewhere. And come on, say amen, somebody. I might not want to go over there. But isn't it amazing? This is what sin does to us. Sin 
has so paralyzed our ability to make decisions that many of us will recur generational behavior in our lives over and over again, even though we promise ourselves that we're not going to do it. And I got one remedy for that, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the only one that can get inside of you to keep you, to actually keep your commitments and your promises. Because the bottom line is, the first step to repeating the same behavior is trying not to do it. Told you the other night. You know what? You, if you, uh, human beings don't have it within themselves to try not to repeat behavior. Don't you think Jacob said, I'm not going to be a liar like my dad. Or like my grandfather. I'm not going to lie like my father Isaac. I, I, I cannot repeat that behavior. But isn't it amazing that he ended up doing the same thing? The only thing, and I told this on Wednesday night. See, the Bible talks about the law of sin and death. And it talks about the law of the spirit. See, a law in the Bible is a set of events that happens that cannot be changed. It's not like the law that you says, so come to a street and you must stop there. That's not what the Bible's talking about, a law. When the Bible's talking about a law, it's talking about like gravity. Like I saw this Wednesday night. If you throw a bottle up, what's it going to do? It's going to come down. The only way that it will not hit the floor is if another law is imposed on it. So again, so if you have a certain behavioral practice that you keep doing all the time, generational curses, come on, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. stuff you keep repeating, uh, behavior cycles, ways of thinking, uh, uh, belittling yourself, uh, uh, psychosis, pathological things. See, this is what you're doing. You're up and you're down. The only way you're not going to hit the ground is if another law imposes itself. It's got to stop it from hitting the ground. This is another law. And so what I'm saying is, is that the only thing that can keep you from repeating, hallelujah, and this is why we're doing this stuff on family. That, see, the, what these families need to know out there is education ain't going to change the family. I believe in education, but what education will do is it'll make them a middle class, uppity, ghetto person. What education will do is it'll make them a know-it-all abusive person. What education will do is make them a pompous, lying person. Come on in here, somebody. See, this is where politics and the church have to go in two different directions. I believe in education. I believe we ought to educate our children. I believe they ought to have opportunities. That's why we're giving out these book bags. But see, we're telling them more than just educate. We're telling them not only must you be educated in the mind, but you must be educated in the heart. For the Bible says that if we do not have knowledge, we will be destroyed. What knowledge is the word of God talking about? The knowledge the word of talk God is talking about is in John 17, 3. This is eternal life, that they might know him. The only true God, the only way that you can break the cycle, that you can reverse the curse, that you can move past your ha- your history, is you got to have God in you. Some of you are living testimonies to that. I'm looking at a senior folk in here today. Your, your, whole, your whole family's in prison. You got siblings strung out on drugs. You got abusers who just, they beat women. That's your family DNA. But thanks be to God, you're not a womanizer today. You're not on drugs today. You're not out there acting a fool today. Why? Nothing but the blood. I think I'm in a safe place to say, safe place to say this. We need God. <laughs> and counseling. It amazes me the excuses that many of us make for not getting help. I'm going to show you in a minute. Let me show you. Let me end this thing. So here's the story. This man of God, he's a what, everybody? 
So it can happen to anybody. Orlando, we ain't exempt. You know what I'm saying? It can happen to anybody. Check this out now. Homeboy gets not one wife, gets two wives and two girlfriends, concubines. He has 12 children. One of his children, mercy Lord, sleeps with one of his wives, Bilhah. Actually, Levite. Was it Levite or Simeon? One of them. Look, so in his own household, he got his children sleeping with his wives. It'd be funny if he got mad about that, wouldn't he? Since he's the one who set that environment up for that. Okay. He, he's got treachery. They still, they still feel the guilt of selling their brother in the, in the, in the uh, what? Slavery. This is in the man of God's house. There's, there's a, the, the women are fighting each other. They're, 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 Lord. they're using pre reproductive strategies. You feel me? In order to win the affection of a man. And notice now, Dinah, the daughter, ends up following the same pattern. The Bible says we find her walking through Shechem, through a worldly atmosphere, trying to get the attention of men. Now look, I'm not blaming her rape on her, but she had already had a predisposition towards finding value in men. In other words, she didn't feel special because she didn't, because she didn't have a man. Where did that come from? Because, all, because her mama was fighting for one man amongst three women. So this is the man of God's family. And, and again, I gotta emphasize, that's why until you get help, and God is a part of the help, but until you get help to reverse, reverse the law, you gotta break in and reverse that law. Until you get that, you are, I'm telling you now, you're gonna do it again. And, and Lord forgive us, I, I'm, saying, I'm not saying this, some of us, watch this now, change is more difficult once you get past 19. Now for the, all of us in here who are over 19, Lord help us. For us to make any changes, it's like, I was telling James Whitehead, it's, going, it's like taking a, 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 what do you call them, them, them an aircraft carrier and making a U-turn. You can't, you, an aircraft carrier can't stop on a dime and make a U-turn. It takes a mile for him to reverse the engines. And by the time the, the engines are reversed, inertia is still carrying it in one direction. So it's three, four miles by the time they can even go in another direction. That's how many of us are. We've been going one way with so much baggage and so much weight for so long. In order for us to turn around, and from a human perspective, it's going to take a, a serious act of God. But you've got to be open that I, I have this problem. Some of us... Our own children are beginning to see now the struggles in our lives and beginning to see the, 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 the issues that we are dealing with and we won't even own it. We won't even own it because our pride. God help us. Some of us come up in this rules type thing where parents don't say they're sorry. Adults don't admit they're wrong to kids. Humble yourself. You want your kids to be humble? You be humble. You want them to know how to repent? Get your behind out of that seat and come down here to the altar. Now here's the kicker. I'm going to end on this. 
Jacob really, man, gets his family in this situation. He's on his way home, like many of us are on our way home to the kingdom. But his family's experiencing some things. It's all right to experience some things, but it's his response that bothers me today, saints. His daughter gets raped. Now, this is just another thing on top of all the other stuff going on in the family. Am I not right, y'all? There's no record of the Bible saying that he actually sat down with his sons who slept with his wife. So you got all this drama going on in the home, and, and they still going to church. Matter of fact, they even having family worship. They offering sacrifices every day. So watch this. What's Jacob's solution? Cover it up. The Bible doesn't even say he actually told the boys. They found out somehow. And stuff will come out. Whatever happens in darkness will come to light. His boys are mad now. Now, I'm not saying Jacob should have went out there and killed anybody. But brothers, come on, man. Someone raped your daughter. At least call the police. I ain't saying be unchristian. But don't do nothing. The Bible says he did nothing. Nothing. Anybody ever experienced that? Where some slight has happened, some pain you've experienced? And you just wanted somebody to stand up for you just wanted somebody, I mean, you didn't, we weren't looking for them to break the law, but just to say, I got your back. Jacob did nothing. There's not even a text that says he had a conversation with his daughter about the thing. What he wanted to do was negotiate away because he wanted to maintain his image. I don't know how many times, Salathio, I've seen situations in families where people have not dealt with problems because they want to maintain image. Are you crazy? Look, Keep maintaining your image, but guess what? Your children are going to blow it out the water one day. You can, try, you can try to keep this, I'm this, you know, traditional, conservative, good Christian, good Christian, ain't no problems in my house, all is well. Guess what? Eventually, and, look, and I'm not saying every, all, your, all our children are going to do stupid stuff. I'm just simply saying, when you try to, when you double up to cover up, it's going to come out, triple. He does nothing. So what do his boys do? His boys take matters in their own hands. Here's where I want to end. I thank God for Jesus. What do you do? Let me ask you a question. What do you do when your family is in a mess? What do you do when you're faced with an internal crisis that you don't know how to handle? What do you do when, it, when you have lost control of the thing you thought you could control for so long? God comes to Jacob. I thank God. I gotta read this to you. I thank God that in spite of our stupidity and our junk, God still, he does, he's not like, oh my goodness, look at the situation they're in. I don't know what to do. The Bible says he comes to Jacob. He says, get your family, Genesis 35. He says, get your family and take them to Bethel. Bethel was the place that God met Jacob at 
when he jacked up the first time. When he was running from, so God, what's God saying? He's saying, go back to the place you know. He said, go back to where I am. He said, he said gather your family. You got a daughter that's been raped. You got sons that have been scarred by the guilt of selling their own brother into slavery. You got, you got women in your house that cannot get along because of the situation you put them in. You got all, and all the emotional stuff that comes with it. He says, take them to Bethel. God's always got a solution to our problem. Oh, you got to know today, there is no situation. Have I got any witnesses in here? Anybody ever been in one of those spots where you're like, ain't, I don't see my, ain't no way out of this. Ain't no way out of this. I don't see how I'm going to get out of this. I haven't talked to my kid and I don't know how long. The child support thing, the, 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 the court hearings and the estrangement with the woman, I, I just don't know. And I'm telling you right now, I don't, I don't care. I don't know what the situation is. I don't know what it is. If God if you put it in the hands of this is not preacher talk this is not a church cliche I'm telling you what I know God is a specializer in impossible situations now 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 I don't know if y'all ready for this I don't know if you're ready for this Genesis 35, verses 1 through 5 or 6 or whatever, says that Jacob said, listen, y'all, let's go. He grabbed his wounded family. Stay here, stay here, stay here, stay here. He grabs the title of the message, tell them. He grabs his wounded family, Percy, and he takes them to Bethel. And God says, sanctify them. Yes. They began to get rid of their false gods. They, they took out their jewelry and the, the false idols that they had. They began to purge the house and remove it of gods. And uh, There was just a purging session. But you know what happened before that purging session? Can I tell you? Yes. With deep emotion, Patriarchs and Prophets, page 205. Y'all better get this. People challenge me on this all the time. I'm telling you now, there's only one way out. And I'm about to tell you right now. With deep emotion, Jacob repeated the story of his first visit to Bethel. When he, I said with deep emotion. When he left his father's tent, a lonely wanderer, fleeing for his life, and how the Lord had appeared to him in the night vision. Watch this. As he reviewed the wonderful dealings of God with him, his own heart was softened, his children also were touched by a subduing power. He had taken the most effectual way to prepare them to join in the worship of God. Can I explain? You know what Jacob had to do? He had to tell it all. Come on, come on, come on, colored folk, get with me now. We don't do this. See, y'all thought it was, let's go have worship and it'll be all better. Before they could worship, the Bible, uh, Jacob had to say, look, y'all, let me tell you why we're here. I never told this to you. But some years ago, I cheated my own brother. Can you see the kids? They're listening now. See, he's not just feeding them religious garbage. Keep the Sabbath. Serve the Lord. You got to do what's right. Be faithful to God. Garbage. Garbage. Not when, you, not when you have not told them what God has done for you. 
tell it. When they're ready, tell it. I'm not saying tell it at all points. Because every time I preach this, people say, ah, well, no, they don't need to know all this. They don't need all that. Okay, I'm, I'm, can I tell you something? If you don't warn them what's in them, and you know what's in them. Why? Because it's in you. Help them to receive this word today. I know what I'm telling you today is not an easy word to receive. If you do not warn them with specificity, Jacob told them everything that God had done. Not one of these stories. I used to be lost. I've done some things in my life. I cheated my brother. I lied to my father. And then I got deceived. That's how your mama came in the picture. Can, can you see him now? Come on now, somebody. And the reason why your mama came in the picture is because I did this. And, and then he, he, is, he is confessing. The Bible uh, says with deep emotion. I can see Jacob, tears in his eyes because it's hard. I'm not going to sit here and tell you today that it's easy to sit down and expose yourself, make yourself vulnerable. But I'm telling you right now, it's worth it It, because our our children, our children will not receive a testimony from us that's anything except authentic, genuine, and honest. And see, they will make the connection now. See, they need to know. And see, y'all, look, 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 look. I'm not going to go there. You pray about it. I'm just giving you what the word of God says he did. His family was jacked up. What did he do? He says, this is where I've been. This is what I've done. But God. Now, I'm going to take this. With caution. With wisdom. You share these things. But I'm telling you right now. Here's the thing. The struggles I had. That I have been unashamed to share with you. You know, this worries me. I got two children. I ain't gonna sit up here and lie about this thing. I got two children from my genes. That's why, (laughs) right now, we're preparing them as humble parents. Not do as I say. Do as I do. Y'all not hearing me. One of the reasons why this generation, as I said, has repeated the mistakes of us times 25 is because nobody warned them. All we said is, don't do that, that's bad, you'll hurt yourself. Yeah, but everybody says that. We've been trying to encourage you to have family worship. You're ready, Richard. But just coming to church and having the worship and doing the religious stuff without dealing with the real issues of life. Because what happens, and I think all of us understand this, all of us get to a place in our life as kids where we start seeing stuff for real, for real. You know what I'm saying? You remember, like, you just thought your parents, man, were just, like, perfect, man. They did nothing wrong. You know what I'm saying? And it's, like, it gets difficult when you start seeing stuff. Like, you'd be like, man, you know, it blows your whole thing out of proportion. But the best moment I ever had in my life with my father, the best, and there are many, me and my father are very close, best moment I ever had in my life. It lasted five minutes. Five minutes. On the phone, not in person. 
In five minutes, he gave me a brief testimony of some very personal things that God had brought him through that I particularly was struggling with. Changed my whole life. Changed my life on the spot. It was just like, I know who I am. And I got a, con I got a connection, Kevin. I, I know I can go to somebody. They're not going to judge me. They're not going to condemn me. Oh, come on in here, somebody. They're not going to roll all over me. And some of us are so foolish, we don't even want to have conversations about stuff. And I said, look, you're you a mother, you got four kids, and, and all y'all got different daddies, and you still don't want to talk to your daughter who got four kids with different daddies about what's wrong with you? You've been divorced five times, and you don't want to have a conversation about your child who's going through it in their marriage because you feel like you're not in a place to have that discussion. They will hear you if you come to them in love. I know what I'm talking about. If you lie down with dogs, you're going to get up with fleas. Okay, Dad, that's how uh, I get uh, you know, you know, when you hear your parents tell you all these kind of things coming up, right? All these little cliches, you hear that, you're like, okay, all right. You, know, like, you look at your brother and say, like, what is he talking about? But see, follow that with, let me tell you how I know that. See, if I just pray and fast about it. Jacob was having worship every day. He's bringing his family before God, but guess what? His, all his junk was out, and nobody was dealing with it. And the kid, what, what, what's going on here? So I say all that to say this. This is why we're doing this. Time to deal. It ain't going to be pretty. It ain't going to be comfortable. But I will not. I'm talking about me and my personal life, and maybe some of you agree. Go ahead, Richard. I will not accept dysfunction as normal. I will not just live like this and just sweep it under the carpet. The drug abuse, the womanizing, the stealing, the prison time you served, all that stuff, just put it under there. And then come, after all that's done, grab your Bible, put it on top of it, and say, oh, we're good now. We don't got to go back there. And the thing, is, the thing is, going back and dealing is painful. But let me ask you a question. If you go to a surgeon and he tells you that you need a heart transplant, the only reason why that's not going to be painful while the surgery is happening is simply because you have anesthesia. But anybody that wants to be healed has to experience pain. The alternative to that is to stay sick and never be healed. Well, how do we respond to this today? Oh, man. I know what I just told you is difficult. <laughs> it's not easy. Let's say it's not easy talking to yourself about your stuff. Yeah. 
I just want to ask this question. This is my appeal. I'm just trying to set the table for what we're going to experience these next few weeks. Wednesday night, while we're going into the community. I will not accept dysfunction. I will not continue to live in pain unnecessarily when God has provided healing. Even if the healing costs me something, I will be healed.